good to see you. What a great looking group. Hey, I want to uh, acknowledge and give a shout out to Nicole and the worship team tonight. Let's, uh, let's show our appreciation for them. And I also want to recognize to our sound folks back there, please give them a hand too. They, uh, they put in a lot of work to make this all happen for us tonight, and we really, really appreciate it. Hey, one advertisement before we share a few things from God's Word tonight with you all. January 14th is the next Tuesday that we will be meeting. We're going to take, obviously, a couple Tuesdays off after this, but on Tuesday, January the 14th, we will start a new series in the book of Revelation, and I'm really looking forward to that. So if you're interested in that book and finding out more about it, please join us on Tuesday, January the 14th. Tonight, I want to talk to us about the blessing of God, and I'm going to tie it in to the Christmas story, but... My hope and prayer is, as we talk tonight about the blessing of God, that all of us here will come to a greater understanding and a greater appreciation of really what the blessing of God is all about. And so before we get to the Christmas story about that, I I want us to go all the way back to the very beginning, to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, where the Bible tells us that immediately after God created Adam and Eve, The next thing that God did, the Bible says in Genesis 1.28, was that he blessed Adam and Eve. He blessed them. And, you know, we use words like bless and blessing and blessed a lot as Christians. But do we really understand what it means? Well, the word bless means to do or to give something of value. That's what it means to bless. In other words... In that instance, right after God created Adam and Eve, he'd done something for them or he gave them something of great value. That was his blessing upon them. And his blessing, if you will, was not something that was superfluous. It it was not unnecessary. It was not icing on the cake or above and beyond. That's how a lot of people, even Christians, view the blessing of God in their life. When, when, when they think that maybe something extra, something unexpected, something special happened to them that came their way, they'll say something like, oh, God blessed me today because such and such happened and I wasn't expecting it. But that's not the blessing of God. The blessing of God is actually something that's absolutely necessary in our lives. It's necessary for us to to understand, to receive, to appropriate, apply, and appreciate the blessing of God because without it, without that blessing of God every day, you and I will never begin to understand who God created us to be. We will never live the abundant life that He came to give us. We will never find that fulfillment and satisfaction that the Bible talks about without really understanding, appreciating, 
and receiving the blessing of God. You see, after God blessed them, then he told Adam and Eve, I want you to fill the earth and I want you to subdue it. I want you to rule over it. I want you to have dominion over all creation. And therefore, the blessing of God was absolutely essential for Adam and Eve to carry out this unbelievable responsibility that God gave them to have dominion over everything else in creation. Fast forward into the New Testament for a moment, past the Gospels, to the book of Ephesians, where Paul tells the Christians at Ephesus, Blessed be God, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, the reason why that was significant, especially for the Ephesians, was because in Ephesus... Ephesus was where the temple of Diana was. Ephesus was the depository of wealth in Asia at that time in history. In other words, anyone who lived in Ephesus at that time, they were like, we in Ephesus understand what it is to to have wealth and to, to have riches and to see materially the things of this world because the people of the world at this time look to us and all that we have. And yet Paul is telling the Ephesian Christians, oh, you're way more wealthy than even those people that don't know God in Ephesus. Because they may think that they are well off and wealthy and abounding in riches, but all that they have will one day disappear. All that they have will one day fade away. It will decay. They won't be able to take it with them into eternity. But what God is giving you in Ephesus and what God gives to all of us as believers in Jesus Christ is every spiritual blessing. In other words, Paul's saying to the Ephesians and to us, we are wealthy beyond belief. We have an unbelievable spiritual bank account. We have been blessed, my friends, and many Christians live their entire Christian life with this unbelievable spiritual bank account that they never tap into. They are wealthy beyond belief. They have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, and yet they never really understand what they've been given. They never really receive what they've been given. They never really appreciate what they've been given. They never really live out those spiritual blessings and really enjoy them the way God intended for all of us to enjoy them. Just for a moment, think about some of these spiritual blessings that are way better than anything we could buy with money or enjoy in a material way. First of all, the Bible tells us if we know Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. And that life is not just a quantity of life, it's a quality of life. But even back to the quantity of life, Jesus said that I am the resurrection and the life and he who believes in me, even if he were to die, he will live again. We also have forgiveness of sin. Think about it. All of our sins, gone. We have peace with God, and therefore we can enjoy the peace of God, the Bible says. We live in a world that's looking for some kind of tranquility of their mind and soul. They'll do anything almost to try to get that and gain that. And yet that's one of our spiritual blessings. The Bible says we have joy. We have access to God through Jesus Christ. All of these wonderful spiritual blessings, we could go on and on. And Paul is simply saying to all of us who know Christ, do we really realize 
Do we understand? Have we received? Do we appropriate and appreciate the blessings of God in our life? Well, I think in order to really respond the way we should to the blessing of God, we need to go back to how I think all begins for us as Christians in the New Testament age, and that's to go back to the story of Christmas. And to see, first of all, that if to bless means to do or give something of value, what more could God have done of greater value than to give His one and only Son? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And therefore, when Jesus came, the Son of God to this earth... He was obviously giving something of greatest value to us so that we could understand God and understand what we could have through a relationship with God and begin to really live life as God always intended for us. But again, that means that we need to learn to respond to the blessings of God in a biblical way. And I think the Christmas story gives us some some examples or illustrations of how people responded positively and properly to the blessing of Jesus Christ coming into the world. I want to share three briefly with you tonight. The first one I want us to be reminded of is Mary. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke that as all these things were happening to Mary... And she saw people coming and worshiping her newborn baby and all of this. The Bible says she treasured all these things in her heart and she pondered them continually. The word treasured means to preserve. In other words, Mary was responding to the blessing of God this way. She was treasuring it. She was trying to preserve it. She was trying to capture it and not lose the moment. In other words, she wanted to make sure that what was happening to her and all these wonderful things that God had done for her and through her and with her would not lose its impact over time. We know that that's true no matter how, you know, great, no matter what experience we have, if we don't intentionally sort of treasure it and try to preserve it in some way by pondering it and continuing to recall it and and focus on it, it it loses its impact after a while. It, It starts to become a distant memory rather than something that is fresh. And I think so Mary gives us a great example of how you and I can respond to the blessing of God And really learn to understand it, receive it, and appreciate it. And that is by figuring out how can I treasure the blessings of God. And I'll just summarize it in this way. I think that we could summarize what Mary did there by using the words of an old hymn. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. That's what she did. She simply, every day treasured and pondered what God had done for her. And she literally counted her blessings so that they would not lose their force, so that they would remain intact and so she could preserve all that God had done for her. 
Because let's face it, if we don't become like Mary, then we begin to think probably that God has done very little for us, and therefore, obviously, in turn, we do very little for Him. If a human being thinks that somehow God hasn't done very much for them, then obviously that translates into how we respond to the blessings. You and I, the more we treasure and ponder the blessing of God in our life and all that God has done, the more we will appreciate the things that God does for us. The more we will even see the things that God does for us. The more we will be sensitive to how blessed we are by counting our blessings, naming them one by one. So that's Mary. That's how she responded to Jesus coming into her world and even through her and her being able to experience God becoming a man. Another one group I'd like to look at tonight are the wise men, the magi who came from Persia. They were part of a priestly class in those days of people who both were fascinated by and and observed the stars to navigate by, but they also studied the scriptures as well. In fact, I believe it was through the influence of Daniel in Persia, in the Old Testament, that actually created this class of priestly astrologers and astronomers, if you will. That's why they were looking for the coming of the Messiah. And think about this. Even though Jesus, a Jew, came to the Jews first, that it was actually Gentiles, wise men, magi from Persia that were the first worshipers of Jesus. And how did they respond to the blessing of God? Well, instead of just sort of internally keeping it to themselves and yet making sure that they never lost the impact of what God was doing and had done in their lives, they did a little something external. The Bible says when they saw Jesus, they brought great treasures to him and fell down on their knees and worshipped him. In other words... They turned the blessing of God back to God, and now they blessed him for blessing them. They did and gave something of great value to the Christ child. You see, in those days, not just like today, gold would have been very valuable. Frankincense and myrrh would have been very costly in those days. So what they were giving to this baby cost them something because they understood how blessed they were to be a part of, again, Christ, the Messiah, coming into the world and that the God of the universe led them and directed them to him and made them all a part of it. And because God blessed them that way, they wanted to respond in a proper way. And for them, it wasn't just pondering and treasuring things like Mary did. They wanted to give Jesus back something of value. It reminds us what David even says in the Old Testament scriptures. He says, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. When you and I begin to understand how blessed we are, how much God has done and given things to us of great 
eternal value. And the more we receive his blessings and the more then we begin to appreciate his blessings, not only will we respond like Mary, where we will begin to make it a habit to count our blessings one by one every day, but the more we will be moved to respond like the wise men and begin to live our lives seeking to give God back that which is of great value to us for what he's done for us. It's sort of what Paul says to the Romans in Romans 12, verse 1, when he says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, Paul's saying, isn't that the least we should do in response to all that God has done for us? And then finally, one other group. There's Mary, there's the wise men, there's also the shepherds. Those shepherds that were out on the hill, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel appears to them and says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is called Christ the Lord. And then the Bible says that immediately after that angel left, there was a heavenly host of angels that were singing and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace towards those upon whom God's favor rests. Well, the shepherds began to look at each other and said, Let us go and see this thing that the Lord has made known unto us. And so they realized, again, how blessed we were. We're shepherds. Who were we? Poor shepherds just out watching some sheep. But God revealed himself to them. And they were able to witness with their own eyes the baby Jesus. And the Bible says that when they got there and they beheld the baby Jesus, that they couldn't keep it to themselves, but they went out and began to make known what they had experienced to all those around them. And they went home glorifying and praising God. Think about it, folks. They, the shepherds, were the very first evangelists. They were the first witnesses of Jesus in the world. And that's the other way you and I respond to God's blessing. Not just like Mary by treasuring and pondering and counting our blessings one by one. Not just by, like the wise men, offering whatever is of value to us in order to give it back to God. But another way you and I respond to the blessing of God is by sharing the blessings of God with others around us. Not keeping it to ourselves. We have been given great light Therefore, we should share that light. We've been blessed so much by God. We should share those blessings with others. It's a pattern you see throughout Scripture. Again, all the way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, when God says to Abram, Abram, I will bless you. And then in the next verse, he says, so that you will be able to bless others and so that others even will be blessed through your ancestral line. See, God always intended that when he blessed a life, that his blessing, if you will, whatever he did or whatever he gave that was of great value from him to us would not stay with us. 
but it would move through us to someone else. God doesn't bless us so that it stays with us. He blesses us so that we in turn can be a blessing to others. So that we can do and give things of great value to others, just like the shepherds. So when we think about the blessing of God, let's remember, to be blessed by God means that we are a recipient of something that God has done or given of great value. And what could be of greater value than Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal uncreated God who created the universe to come and share his life and love with us as human beings. What could be greater than that? And if we're going to really understand and appreciate and receive the blessings throughout our life that God really does want to give us, I think we need to go back even to the Christmas story and use the examples of those around Jesus' birth and how they responded to the blessing of God in their life. Mary treasured and pondered and counted those blessings every day to keep them fresh, to preserve them. The wise men came very far, great distance, and gave the baby Jesus gifts of great value from themselves and worshipped him. And the shepherds, the shepherds were the first evangelists. They couldn't keep the blessing of God to themselves. They had to tell others about the wonderful blessings of God in their life. And that God wanted to bless them too through Jesus Christ. Remember again the verse from Ephesians. Paul says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. In other words, if you have Christ in your life, you have every spiritual blessing available to you. Every one. Don't leave here tonight without being reminded of just how blessed we are and how appreciative and thankful we should be to God for all that He has done for us. Two things I'm hoping that this message will continue to do in my life. One, remind me of how blessed I am. And two, motivate me to share the blessing of God more with others around me. If we're going to capture the spirit of Christmas, then that's really what it's all about. Understanding, receiving, and appreciating the blessings of God and learning to share them with those around us. That's part of the reason why every year at Christmas Eve, we have a candlelight service because as we light these candles and we sit there and hold them, 
we need to be reminded of how blessed we are to have the light of the world in our lives. But then that candle should also remind us that we have a responsibility with this light and these blessings from God. And that is not to keep this light and all of these blessings and good things that God has given us to ourselves, but to share them with those around us. So right now, I'm going to ask those folks who are helping us light the candles to go ahead and get up. Worship team, you can come on up and get ready. And just a couple of instructions, just for safety's sake. As you get your candle lit, please keep it as close to you as possible. Second, those of you who have your candle lit, you keep your candle straight. Let those who don't have their candle lit light off of your candle. Don't turn the lighted candle over. Okay? And children, we hope that you will light up the room with your glow sticks as well. Okay? And as they come and we sing a couple last songs, we invite you to stand and hold your light. Hold it there, reminding all of us of how blessed we are and how we need to share that light with those around us.